how it came together was hard negotiating between uh, the representatives of Patrick Lyonet and general manager Kevin Shoveldayoff. Uh, as we reported on Insider Trading earlier this week, the Winnipeg Jets uh, inside a week ago offered Patrick Lyonet, it's believed, a two-year deal uh, at around $6 million. That wasn't good enough for Lion A or his camp, and they countered at 7 or just above $7 million on that two-year bridge deal. So the common ground was reached between Winnipeg and Lion A at $6.75 million on an annual average salary. There is TSN hockey insider Darren Drager, who broke the news earlier today. A two-year deal for Patrick Lion A coming in at 6.75, a second-year payment of 75 which would be the qualifying offer to maintain his rights. Bottom line is the kid is on his way back from Finland and uh, should be ready to go for the beginning of the season. Rick, uh, now it's time to get Kyle Connor done. Yeah, Kyle Connor's the next on the radar and the last one to get done, and then you have to convince the other guy he wants to play defense. So we'll see how this one turns out. This is kind of a point deal, Braden point deal. He's kind of the closest guy to line A, although don't look at last year. Point had 92 points and line A had 50. But the overall body of work from the three years – they're pretty close. They're off by 14 points. Point got the three-year deal at 6.75 average. And Liney, of course, will get to uh, renegotiate a little quicker because his is only the two-year deal. Some think it's a little bit rich, but in the end, they're able to get this done and they've got a big part of their offense back in the lineup. Let me ask you this, and this is basically, you made the crack about maybe he'll decide to play defense or whatever it is. And that's a common trait. We hear it from fans all the time. I've seen some well, That was kind line. of tongue-in-cheek, whether it, it the is, guy wants to play or but, not, but it is, is bottom line, it, right? It is, a, it, is a, it is a constant thing around it. Did, did his defensive game get worse last year? Or Who are we talking about? Patrick Lainey. Oh, Lainey. Or did just nobody care about it the year before when he scored 44 goals and the team went to the Western Conference Finals? Well, I think when you, you are lighting the lamp as much as he did, especially in that second year, that, you know, is the defense there? Not especially, but it's so heavily going the other way that you don't mind. Or maybe you're okay with that. Then when it doesn't quite show up like it did last year, or let's put it this way, a little bit more inconsistent, then you're, if you're not scoring, you've got to be doing something else. And if you're not doing something else very good, then things aren't really going well at all. And I think that's where that kind of got magnified. And then, granted, he started to pick things up, and I think did he wasn't scoring, but he was doing the other things better as the season came to a close. That, I guess, leads to my next question. What would fans be happier with? If Patrick Laine just scores the 30 he did last year but becomes more of a grinder and a good defensive player, or if he goes out and scores 45 or 50 goals? Well, the fans will be excited the more he scores, the more excited they'll be, right? From a team standpoint... It's the fans, though, that are really on him about that quote-unquote defensive uh, lack of... Um... Sure, I think some are. Um, I mean, is it is it there? Yes. Is it part of a concern? I think so. If he starts tearing the, you know, the cover off the puck, I know the puck doesn't have a cover, it's solid rubber, still and all just kind of a figure of speech, then I, I think you know it, it doesn't overshadow... The defensive side. I think that's all coming with him. I think that, and there's a lot of room to grow and a lot of time for that to improve. Absolutely. So I think that part of his game is coming. The offensive side of his game, not too concerned. I think last year's just a bit of an odd year for him. And it, and it was hard on him, too. Well, it, it was. And that's why I'm, I, I'm excited to see Line A back with the Winnipeg Jets. And I honestly think this is a perfect arrangement for the player in the club in that I, I honestly don't believe, like if Patrick Liney goes and blows it up, bets on himself and has two great seasons, I think the Winnipeg Jets will be more than happy to pay top dollar for top talent in production and get him signed long term. 
And for Line's side, of I don't things, know if they'll be happy about it. They'll have to do it. Well, they'll be happy they're doing it because they've got a I guy that is achieving. I, I don't mean, know. It's not my money. I don't get to spend kind of money like that. Yeah. No, but you know what I'm saying. Sure. I, I mean, he'll have earned it, I guess is my point. And, you know, if you're earning the dollars that, you know, hey, you're going to be spending. This is a team that's going to be up near the cap. They've got really unique challenges. Long term going forward, this is a two year opportunity for him to really establish himself back to what we saw for two and a half of the three years that he's been in the National Hockey League, get over some of the things that happened last year. And I guess the biggest question now, and let's hope that Kyle Connor gets done in the next couple of days and you've got your full group of forwards. We haven't had a chance to really talk about this too much because these guys haven't been here, but come next week and the games start counting for real, we'll have a lot more talk about Paul Maurice and how he utilizes all these assets to uh, hopefully have some better results than the team had last season. Well, I imagine Maurice has got about five or six different lineups when it comes to the lines, depending on who's in the lineup and who's not. So he does get to add this piece, and it's a big piece to his lineup. I don't know that it changes anything right now in the short term with Nikolai Ehlers playing with Shifley and Wheeler. They've been together all through camp, through the preseason. Liney is not going to get here in time for the game at Minnesota, I don't think. So that means no preseason games, and you're coming into the regular season. With the uncertainty on the back end, I think you need to be as comfortable as you are going into this season with what you've got. And if you've, that's the known product with Ehlers, that's what you go with. Will it change over time? I think so. You always see it kind of morph and change yeah, over time. Yeah, I agree with you. Even I if be... Kyle Connor signs tomorrow, oh, absolutely. I don't know that he's the guy. Maybe he does come right back because they have that. They played together all last year and they have that chemistry and they can pick right where they left off. I don't know that inserting somebody else in there um, would work no, right away. I, I think considering the situation and who has been around and who hasn't, I would be stunned if Nikolai Ehlers didn't start the season in game number one playing with Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler on the Jets' top line. I can be stunned by any kind of day, really, but I, w- I would be a little bit surprised at this point because this is all kind of moving day by day. Uh, were Again, you surprised? Were reference. you surprised at all about any of the five players sent to the Moose today? Logan Stanley, Andre Chibasov, Michael Spachek, Cam Schilling, and Christian Veselainen. No, uh, I mean we talked about it coming into camp, right? Uh, what is this a big opportunity for Christian Veselainen? And then as this uh, preseason's gone along, I mean they had a big look at Andre Chibasov and, and thought, you know, does he work into it? In the end, he doesn't. Stanley probably needs another year in the American Hockey League anyway. And Veselainen, who of course went back home last year, then came back over, now gets at least a start in the American Hockey League, and we'll see how he does there because we know what happened to Kyle Connor, who had to go back, and then he was over just over a point a game. You know, if Veselainen forces their hand, the quicker he'll be back up. Yeah, no, I think a real prudent move by the Winnipeg Jets makes way more sense for Veselainen to, you know, play 20-plus minutes on a top line with the Manitoba Moose and try and really get comfortable with the North American ice and some confidence and then make an impact when he gets called up to the Winnipeg Jets. Bombers, Ticats tonight. 7.30 p.m. Olympic Blue and Gold game day coming up at 5.30. And, of course, the team still reeling from the news. Matt Nichols' surgery yesterday is out for the season. we got to take a quick time out. should mention just quickly, because I know we're Tony Romo golf fans, uh, he has bogeyed, uh, I think, his first two of three. He has now dropped below the cut line at oh, even geez. par. Uh, Phil Mickelson's already in it even, by the way, but the projected cut there at minus one. Tony Romo, the amateur, is now one off the pace at the cut line. If he makes the cut, he will not be able to call the game between the Bears and Vikings with Jim mm. Nance, Boomer Esiason, and ironically, he would be playing golf on NBC when he should be 
calling football for CBS. Par bogey bogey is what he's gone to start here at the Safeway. Tony Romo's got to get on the birdie train if he wants to be around for the weekend. Chris Thorburn coming up next on the afternoon ride. You're listening to TSN 1290. Well, the ride continues here on a Friday. Some big news with Patrick Laine pulling down the new two-year deal with Winnipeg Jets, so fans pretty pumped about that. No doubt about it. And uh, you know, we'll get away from uh, the Laine story right now for uh, to welcome in a longtime Jet fan favorite. And Rick, thinking back to the playoffs... Obviously, for Jet fans, it really sucked to see the team lose to St. Louis in the first round. But, you know, once the bitterness of that loss subsided, uh, I know there was uh, the vast majority of Jet Nation that um, was pretty darn happy when they saw Chris Thorburn as one of the first guys to hoist the Stanley Cup in the spring when St. Louis won it all. Well, let's bring Chris Thorburn in on the hotline. The Afternoon Live Hotline. Brought to you by Chris Pennycook of Royal LePage Dynamic Realty. 204-989-5000. Chris, thanks for the time. What have you been up to? Hey, how are we doing, guys? <laughs> We're doing well. Good. Uh, uh, answer your question. Not too much. Not too much. Just uh, hanging out with the family back home in Michigan. Chris, uh, welcome to the program. Great to talk to you again. Uh, and uh, congratulations on being part of that Stanley Cup champion uh, team with the St. Louis Blues. Um, is, is it the end of the road for you as a professional player? Have you officially uh, decided to uh, uh, call it a career? Uh, I, I haven't yet. Um, it's kind of still up in the air. I, I'm still keeping in shape and doing all that kind of stuff, uh, the training stuff. But uh, it does look <laughs> like my chances are slim to come back uh, as far as uh continue my uh, role as a hockey player but uh if it is the end i'm uh, i'm super happy i'm in a good place which is awesome and uh yeah if something pops up then uh i guess me and my wife will discuss it well and you certainly sound like you're pleased with whichever way it goes do you have an idea of what would come down the road no not really i mean i, I got a couple lines in the water i mean but uh i mean nothing serious uh, it's just more my my main objective because i had a lot of time to think about it obviously through that run and i i obviously never played but uh, I did saw a lot of thinking, a lot of planning. Um, the thing we came up with was just kind of figure out where we're going to be and where my family was going to be for, for the long haul. So we're kind of going through that process right now. And uh, like I said, just enjoying it. And the family time is uh, is unbeatable. So, Chris, I, I, you know, I read an interesting article on you, you know, throughout last season that at times playing with San Antonio, it was a challenge being away from your family. Um, how important was it to you to uh, get that recall to be with the team throughout the playoffs and of course to uh to end it with uh your hands on the stanley cup as a member of the blues yeah it's crazy how it all worked out obviously uh a tough situation with uh how the year went uh personally and and family wise um but the blues did an unbelievable job making everything manageable so um there's stuff that hasn't even been said that they've done behind the scenes that made uh made it work and uh we'll be forever grateful for that and um, the last recall, um, there was a lot of reasons for that, um, mainly for insurance for my family going through the summer um, with my son and stuff like that. So they helped in that regard uh, tremendously. And then, I mean, who, you never know if you're going to win the Stanley Cup or be part of something uh, so special. And for me to have an opportunity and for them to allow me to experience that, I mean, it was crazy, man. It was absolutely not. Chris, what a strange year for the Blues. Uh, I mean, you know, everybody talked about how the first half was just so bad. I can only imagine guys are pointing fingers at one another. No one's having any fun. And then all of a sudden it all comes together and everybody's happy. And we'll remember who was on that team for the rest of their lives. Well, yeah, it's crazy. And I can't speak too much of it. Like I said, I wasn't there for the down parts of it. You were there for the good part. I was there for the easy part, you know what I mean? Just for the fun ride. But, uh, 
Yeah, I, I mean, obviously keeping uh, keeping tabs with some guys throughout those uh, those time periods. It wasn't fun, uh, from what I gathered, and obvious uh, even from uh, from a distance. So, uh, for them to do what they did is uh, is crazy. But even in the in the summer, like uh, being part of that team in the summer, uh, getting all those players and bringing them in. I mean, you knew there was something special that should have happened. It just didn't happen right away, and eventually it all worked out. But uh, that that goes uh, to their. That, I mean, that just speaks a lot about the team that they had there and the resiliency that they had. So, and like I said, I can't speak uh, from experience in that part, but uh, to watch it was uh, was an awesome thing. Chris Thorburn with us here live on the afternoon ride here on TSN twelve ninety. Chris, as I mentioned, you know, what watching um, the, the Blues win the cup was, I think, sort of bittersweet for many people around here. But you know, the one thing that stands out to me, and we've known for a long time just how respected and loved you've always been by your teammates. But I have to ask you, as an individual. What did it mean to you when uh, you were, what, the third or fourth person to get handed the cup after uh, you guys won the Holy Grail? Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, I mean, it, it was uh, there was a lot of guys that played into that, but David Perron was the one that was dragging my jersey to force me up there. And I just told him, like, go ahead, you guys do your thing. I'll get it at some point. But, uh, I mean, they were forcing me up there, and I didn't want to get caught on national TV kind of resisting them pushing me up there. So, um <laughs> Yeah, I, I got it, I don't know, third or fourth, and uh, I got it from Alexander Steen, who, if you know him personally, there's no better guy to get it from, and uh, for him to pass that thing to me um, just added to the whole unreal experience. Chris, uh, Jets fans, obviously happy with Patrick Laine signing today. Uh, Pete, who tweeted at me and says, now I don't have a memory of this, you might, but I'm going to even doubt that. Two and a half years ago, I was speaking to you in an interview and that you mentioned you were scared of Line A at first, and then I asked why, and we didn't get an answer because we got into hair jokes. And then I think Pete <laughs> blames me for that. So, <laughs> But what do you remember about him coming in at first, and of course now seeing the two-year deal that he gets today? Uh, well, I'm happy that uh, both for the organization and Patty, I mean, that just, uh, just uh, again, watching from afar and reading some of the stuff, it just, uh, it was tough to, to see and read, and uh, for everything to get done and sorted out uh, before the season starts, it's, it's great for both parties. Um, but were you scared of him at first, according to Pete, I, or the shot? He, was, he, yeah, he, was, <laughs> he has an intimidating presence, to be quite honest, even for a young kid. He doesn't talk too much, uh, or at that time he didn't. You know, He's, he's just kind of uh, just went about his own business, and I sat beside him in the stall, so I kind of had to break him down a little bit and figure out what he was all about, and once I did, I, I just loved the kid, so... Um, yeah, like I said, I'm glad it got worked out. He's going to have a bright future, and uh, he's got a lot to prove. He knows that, and uh, I'm sure he will. Chris, you know, over the course of the summer, we hooked up with your former line mates on the famous GST line, Tanner Glass and Jim Slater, and talked about their memories of playing in Winnipeg. And, of course, they both since retired, so we talked about their career. Jim Slater's a property mogul. Yeah, hey, yeah, and a new coach, too. He's doing it all. But, but I have yeah. to ask you, Chris, um, when you look back at your entire career in particular, how special was that 2011 season as being part of the Winnipeg Jets that came back to the city from Atlanta? It was, I mean, what an experience. Obviously, like, nerve-wracking coming in just because, uh, you know, a move and all that kind of stuff. But once we got there and once we saw what the organization was all about, uh, led by uh, Mr. Chipman, uh, we knew we were in for a good experience. And, uh, I mean, the fans didn't fall short on that with that first game against Montreal. Uh, I remember trying to yell for the puck, and no one could hear anything on the ice. And uh, I mean, it was it was absolutely nuts. And my whole time there was uh, was such a great experience playing in a Canadian market. But uh, I, I just I can't say enough about uh, our experiences there with uh, my family, my son, and 
everything. Everything all in one was just uh, something that I'll never forget. Do you keep in touch with uh, Glass and Slater? <laughs> That's so funny about it. Like, just about a month ago, we started a group text because we're all like, are you retiring? Are you retiring? So, um, And then anyway, I actually went up to Traverse City for the prospect tournament, and I actually ran into Glass here because he's the uh, skills coach <laughs> skills coach for the Rangers. So um, we got to catch up a little bit there. And then, uh, yeah, we've just been texting ever since, uh, probably a month and a half, so we kind of got caught up. And Jimmy just lives down the highway from me in uh, Lansing. So... Um, You'd probably have to go see him. He's not going to come to see you. That's probably the way that works, right? Unless I give him gas money or groceries. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Chris, so great to have you on the program. Uh, Congrats on everything. Thanks for doing this. And uh, we hope that we'll get uh, maybe get the band back together with the GST crew here in Winnipeg at some point. And definitely would love to have you back on the show sometime soon. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. And, yeah, the, the GST line, I, uh, well, if there was a Heritage uh, I was going to push Mr. Chipman for the Heritage game, but I don't know if it's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, definitely we got to get the GST line back there. <laughs> thanks, Chris. Good luck ahead. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All the best. There's Chris Thorburn, uh, of course, goes out with a cup winner with the St. Louis Blues and uh, uh, Winnipeg Jet as well. Always fun to catch up with him. What an absolute beauty, a class act, and a, a real fan favorite, and a guy you can't help but cheer for, and uh, we wish him all the best going forward. Sports Center here at the bottom of the hour, and Frank Saravalli of TSN will join us next on the Afternoon Ride. You're listening to TSN Radio 1290. All right, Patrick Line signed a two-year deal. Let's get right to the hotline and welcome in TSN insider Frank Saravelli. The Afternoon Ride Hotline. Brought to you by Chris Pennycook of Royal LePage Dynamic Realty. 204-989-5000. Frank, great to have you. I know we were tight for time. We'll get right to it. Uh, two years, 6.75 AAV for Patrick Line. How did it get done and what do you think? Oh, how did it get done? Uh, I kind of gave you guys an insight into how it was working out exactly last week. You can rewind the tape. I said two-year <laughs> deal somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised anywhere between six and eight million bucks. They almost split the middle. They shade the AAV on the side of the Winnipeg Jets, of course, at 6.75, getting to kind of the middle there. And then Line A on the back end of the deal, uh, year two, with his real salary being $7.5 million, that, of course, benefits him a bit uh, heading into what would be a RFA arbitration year. Um, you know, essentially, this could be a three-year deal with that last year qualified at 75 million bucks. So that would certainly work for the Winnipeg Jets if he continues to produce on the upward trajectory that they're hoping that he does. And I love this deal from the Patrick Line perspective. He gets to put thirteen and a half million bucks in his pocket over the next two years and he bet on himself. He believes that he's an elite elite goal scorer. He does something in this league that very few guys do. If he can get back to that forty, forty five goal window, he's got a major payday waiting two years from now. Sounds like Kyle Connor will go for a little longer term, but are you surprised it's taking this long for him in particular? Uh, not really. Um, I, I mentioned to you guys last week as well that I'd be shocked if Kyle Connor signs before Patrick Line just because he was looking longer term. And for a guy that's signing Line on a short-term deal, obviously the numbers are way different, and you want to make sure that you're basing your number uh, sort of off of what his short-term deal is. So I wouldn't you know, the report the other day was that the two sides weren't close, Kyle Connor and the Jets. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they get close and get a deal done in relatively short order. You know, I'm thinking by Monday, the, the leverage from the players' perspective starts to wane. Certainly from the team's perspective as well, I've written about the fact that once you get past the start of the regular season, that the dollars in that first year on the AAV start to climb for the Jets. So they're going to want to get it done, and certainly for Pat, for uh, Kyle Connor, he's not going to want to miss uh, any time in, in terms of a payday as well. Uh, Frank, uh, there's also, I mean, this is outside of the dollars and cents, but I would imagine Kyle Connor's kind of eager to get back and reclaim his spot riding shotgun with Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler before somebody else does. <laughs> well, that's always kind of the danger is that you get Wally pipped in the process, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that there's much real danger in that when you look at how the Jets, you know, lines have looked up front, you know, without those two guys in the lineup, uh, line A and Connor, things have looked rather thin at times, and that's not even letting ourselves get to the blue line um, and, and really how thin that looks. So uh, there's certainly some work to be done, but the quicker that the Jets can get, um, you know, Kyle Connor back in the lineup, I'll be with the team in New York on Thursday as they open the season. Um, you know, certainly that minimizes distractions in what's been a circus like training camp for this team. Frank Sidney Crosby gets his number, now junior number, and Ramuski retired tonight, and it's fun that uh, Lafreniere is, is the guy that's on that team, of course, and we'll see this firsthand. Yeah, it's kind of a really night, neat night. I'm sitting here in the parking lot in Ramuski uh, before all this takes place, and, you know, the first thing you ask yourself is, what took so long? Sidney Crosby's <laughs> been in the NHL for 14 years now, uh, been away from Ramuski. Why are they just retiring his jersey now? I think it was a schedule thing in terms of him making it back here. They found a night that works. It's their 25th anniversary season that they're opening here in Ramuski. And, and really what uh, an incredible legacy this franchise has. If Alexi Lafreniere, who will meet his boyhood idol tonight before the game and Sidney Crosby, does go number one overall as, as he's projected to in, in June's draft, that's going to give this franchise three number one picks. Uh, since they've come to Ramuski, Vinny LeCavier, of course, in 98. You've got Crosby in 05 and Lafreniere potentially in 2020. There's only one team, uh, one franchise around Canada that can stake claim to that, and that's the OHL's London Knights, the powerhouse there. We know the top players that they've produced. Uh, so to be in that same class uh, and category is, is an incredible honor. And uh, for this, this franchise in the city, we're a real hockey town. Uh, looking forward to taking in their home opener tonight. Hey, hey Frank, just before we uh, let you go, we talked about the Line A deal, the Connor situation. Uh, uh-huh. What's next for Miko Ranton? And uh, does the Line A deal at all help him get something done with the Avalanche? Yeah, I think it kind of nudges everyone forward a little bit. I mean, we've seen the trickle down effect that's happened with all the rest of these guys. And you've seen the markets that market that's been set on both short term bridge deals and uh, longer term deals. Um, and so then, you know, you put that all in perspective, the Colorado Avalanche have a very specific team structure that they've been trying to force Nico Rantanen into. I think they're willing to go beyond that a little bit if they can lock him up to a long-term deal. I think that's certainly their preference, but the hesitation from some of these guys knowing that the salary cap is going to change drastically once this new American TV rights deal comes in in two years they want to wait and see if they can get paid a little bit now and a much larger chunk later. So, um, you know, I didn't think that we'd be in this position maybe a week or 10 days ago, but there is a chance with only two guys left in Connor and Nico Rantanen that everyone could be in their respective lineup on opening night, which would really be something. Frank, have a great one tonight in Thanks so much for doing this. 
Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Frank. Stuff. There is Frank Saravelli, TSN Insider. And uh, I see Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun has just tweeted out that Kyle, uh, Patrick Laine spoke very briefly with the Finnish reporter, was asked about his reaction, and he said, all I can say is that it is a great relief. So uh, he's relieved. He and Rantanen are on the way to Helsinki right now. He'll get on a plane and uh, be here in Winnipeg, meet the media, and practice with the Winnipeg Jets on Monday as they get ready for the first road trip of the season later on next week. We're going to be a little bit uh, cut short because we've got Blue and Gold Game Day coming up at 5.30. Big game for the Bombers. Of course, the Ticats in town. So, But we'll still have time for Be a Player, the payoff, coming up after 5. We certainly will. It's all coming up before Olympic Blue and Gold Game Day begins at 5.30. We'll come back and hear Dave Poulin's reaction to the Line A deal and much more. You're listening to the Afternoon Ride, and this is TSN 1290. Well, the ride continues here on the home of the Jets, TSN 1290. We'll get out at 5.30 for Blue and Gold Game Day with the Ticats in town to take on the Bombers. Bombers tonight, and Darren Bombing and crew will take over. You know, there's an entire division of the Winnipeg Jets that, promotional division, that puts together <laughs> things, you know, for upcoming seasons, and this is done a while ago through the summer, and they get everything ready to go. The Patrick Liney bobbleheads, of which there'd be, what, over 15,000 of them? Yep. Yeah, sitting in a shed somewhere, or probably not in a storage shed, but they'd have a safer place than that. Anyway, now with him being signed, the Jets have said that the March 17th game, so that's not until the spring, obviously. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, a little St. Patty's oh, Day. Ironic. Is the Patrick Line bobblehead. And everybody in attendance at that game will get one. It's funny you bring that up because it was noted. I was going through uh, the the schedule with uh, my brother and the guys we have season tickets with, and going through the schedule and noticed. You know, went to look at the promo days, and the bobblehead giveaway was noted for the seventeenth against the Florida Panthers, but it didn't say who the player was. Obviously, they needed to wait till. The young Finn was signed, sealed, and delivered. He has been, and now they'll deliver a Patrick Liney bobblehead to every seat for the game against the Panthers on the uh, 17th of March. Have a quick look at the uh, Odd Shark inbox, oddshark.net, free sports lines, stats, and much more information. Uh, and as I stumbled through that, share yours anytime. Text us at 129090. And the tweets, of course, at TSN 1290 Radio. We've got posts and comments on the Facebook and Instagram page as well. You can imagine that the reaction of Jets fans of Patrick Line signing has predominantly been. Positive. I haven't seen one negative thing said about this signing. Yeah, I mean, there's always one person. Here's one. Trade line A, lazy. Uh, but, you know, the, uh, you know the, there's, there's one. <laughs> okay, I didn't see that one. It's really, that's all it says, too. Trade line A, lazy. Yeah. The rest of it, though, although somebody does want to trade Kyle Connor, I think they're kind of just tired of waiting. They suggest trading Kyle Connor for a D-man. Yeah, well, now that, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about that. I think the Winnipeg Jets want both of these uh, young stars in their lineup, helping them win hockey games and work on the defense in another way. Great text that came in after our conversation with Chris Thorburn. Jets should bring back Cor- Thorburn to play with Letestu and Bork, the BLT line. <laughs> well, Thorburn is keeping in shape, and we know he's good in the room. Uh, so, too, apparently are the other two. Letestu, by the way, nice night at the faceoff dot last night, Ed. About what I noted on that one. Yeah, plenty of time in the faceoff dot without Brian Little and uh, Adam Lowry in the game last night. And uh, I tell you what, you know, it was interesting. Tucker Pullman had um, you know that goal that he scored. You know, Latestu was sort of hacking around trying to get his stick on the puck, and there was Tucker Pullman that went in. Although we haven't really talked at all about last night's exhibition game with all the news today. Um, another really, maybe the most impressive performance actually for Vili Hainala, 
who uh, you know was holding his own against the likes of Leon Dreisaitl, a 50-goal scorer. He just continues to amaze. The Jets did make five assignments to the Manitoba Moose today, including Christian Veselainen, but uh, Vili Hainala stays with the big club, as does uh, David Gustafson, the young Swede, who was in the middle of Perot and Ehlers last night. Yeah, there's 15 forwards that are still with the club, nine defense and three goaltenders as well, so 27 do remain. You can add Liney to that mix, so let's call it 16 forwards now. Still some decisions to be made after this final game on Sunday when they go to uh, Minnesota for that date with the Wild, and then, of course, come back and then get ready to go to New York on Wednesday and play the Rangers on Thursday. But uh, So some more decisions coming down, but you mentioned Hanala. He's been very impressive at the same time, just turned 18 years of age. None of this is getting by uh, Paul Maurice, the head coach, who's been positive in his uh, reads, I guess, on Hanala and his comments, but at the same time, cautious as well, knowing that he is 18 years of age, knowing this is preseason, knowing that it goes up a degree or a couple degrees when the regular season gets underway. Problem for Paul Maurice is that even if you would like to follow that development path and send him uh, you know, uh, either to the Moose or back to Finland, um, if you look at the defense that the Winnipeg Jets have right now, it's very hard to make a case that Billy Hanela is not, never mind in the top six, but maybe one of the more reliable guys that will be playing in the top four. So it'll certainly be something to watch as the team goes into Minnesota for the final tune-up game, as well as what happens on Monday, getting towards the first trip out east to uh, New York City. Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk, you would think, are two kind of solidified in that, well, Morrissey, obviously, and I think Pionk coming over in the Truba trade in the top four. After that, you know, if you're looking at Hanela, he'd have to pass guys like Bolu, I assume, and Kulikov to get into that top four. Even if you have him in a six, you know, how much is he playing in a five-six role, and is that best for him through the course of a season? I don't know that it is, and I think that's what Maurice has in the back of his head, and of course, Sheveldayoff as well in the management group. But he's done well. It'll be interesting to see how they use him if they opt to keep him for a little bit and then send him free, or do you test him with that? And if he passes, you continue. It's the still irony, fine that the irony know, of the whole thing. I mean, it, if anything, it would probably be more Shevel Dayoff and the guys in the front office that might be saying, "Listen, the best move for his development long term is not to play." And Paul Maurice, the coach, might be saying, "Hey." I got the lineup card. This guy's one of our best defensemen right now. He needs to play. Um, that it's going to be fascinating watching how that transpires going into the next uh, well, the next few days before the first road trip. Indeed, and we'll see if Dustin Bufflin has a decision before the uh, game comes around on Thursday in New York against the Rangers. Now, Dave Poulin was on our affiliate TSN 1050 earlier today and was asked about the contract, of course, being signed here, a two-year deal for Patrick Line. The beauty of this, Andy, is there's no direct comp. There's no other two-year contract. And so you've yeah. taken the three-year deals, and we'll start with the three-year deal at, with Besser first, you know, at five point, or, or let's go even back to McAvoy at 4.9, then it edges up with Besser at 5.8-ish, then it edges up again with point, but all three-year deals. Mm-hmm. And then so you make it a little bit new. It's almost at point money, but it's only two years. So if he goes in and hits the absolute home run, he gets to that third year quicker. And so that's what happens when you have the number of RFAs that were out. You didn't have comps for that group because they were all on the sidelines. But as they started to sign, and Marner being first, 
then you could pick and choose off of that. Okay, it's going to be a little bit less than that in years, a little bit more term, a little bit less dollar. And now you've got all these different variations to work with. And, you know, Kachuk coming in is the most recent, slightly higher than point, different tax structure, blah, blah, blah. But now he comes in at under Kachuk money, but also under Kachuk in term. And so I like this. I like this because it puts the onus on the player. And this, out of all the players, this is the player with the widest bandwidth for where his career can go. To me, he could explode and he could be a 60-goal scorer. Mm -hmm. And if he does, he's going to get paid. But he better show more consistency than he did last year. And there he is, Dave Poulin, on our affiliate TSN 1050 earlier today. And it is a player-friendly contract in that he gets up, as we've been saying, a two-year term, uh, just as Poulin laid out. If it does work out in his favor, look out. Yeah, um, and you know you know that Patrick Line will be incredibly motivated to uh, silence the naysayers and uh, get back to being the uh, goal-scoring machine that he uh, was uh, consistently through the first two years, and certainly last November, just wasn't really clicking for him uh, after the new year. And uh, that'll be something that he, the coaching staff, and everybody involved in the Winnipeg Jets will hope that can get off to a great start despite missing training camp. So it'll be something we'll be paying close attention to when uh, the season kicks off next. And, of course, Monday when he speaks and has his first practice with the Winnipeg Jets. The only thing I wonder about that, you know, he gets there first under the two-year deal, then the other guys with a three or a four with Timo Meyer. your comparables then, who are they? And if you are scoring 50 or 60, how do you compare to anybody? Like now you're into a stratosphere where, what do, what do you compare them to? Same kind of, I think, as you went through here until some of these guys started signing, you didn't know how to compare them to or, or how to formulate a contract for this guy. Yeah, it's, it's a very unique situation. Last year was a unique year on the on a downside for Patrick Liney, and he still was able to, uh, you know, <laughs> drop 30 goals. So um, it, it'll be a fascinating story to watch throughout the season. And uh, we've already seen a number of folks tweet, and hopefully he, uh, you know, just goes crazy this year, has a great year, and they'll be talking about an extension around this time next season to keep him here long term but lots of work to do before that happens he's got two years to prove it Dave Poulin did touch on Kyle Connor as well a little bit earlier today on 1050 start looking at your watch not at the calendar to see when he signs mm-hmm. I think this will drop sooner rather I than later I think this will accelerate things immediately because now if I'm Kyle Connor here's what I'm saying I'm getting back in there in that left wing spot with Wheeler and Shifley. I'm not giving Liney a chance to skate and practice. Nobody wants to at be that spot. Wally Pipped, as you said. Nobody That's wants why I'm playing. I'm still on this show with my injured thumb. Not you giving up this seat. So tough. I'm a hero. You are so tough. Nick Ehlers has done a nice job with those two guys, but let's face it, a lot of guys could play with those guys. I don't think that Patrick Liney's game fits Shifley and Wheeler. They're more straight line. They work in straight lines. Kyle Connor skates in straight lines, and he's always the first mm-hmm. in the forecheck. That's what those two need. Different story, different day. I'm really happy that Patrick Liney is back and playing hockey. And that was my biggest, you know, beef four weeks ago. I want to see all these guys play. Yeah. I mean, that's my selfish reason yeah, for getting the selfish. RFA market cleared up. I want to see them all play. They're all so good. Dave Poulin, a little bit earlier on affiliate TSN 1050, and interesting about Kyle Connor is how he words that too, is north-south playing with Wheeler and Shifley, and that's kind of the way I've looked at it with why he's used there, and, and Lonnie's a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, he, he certainly has clicked with that group. It's worked well, and, and 
maybe most importantly, Wheeler and Shifley have uh, seemed to love playing with Kyle Connor. So uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully Pooley's right, and it is a matter of hours as opposed to days. Kyle Connor gets done. Hey, just before we uh, go to uh, uh, the break at the top of the hour, I want to welcome uh, Trevor Knott and the Knott Auto Corp crew onto the uh, afternoon ride team. We'll be starting the Why Not question of the day starting on Monday here on the program. Uh, great new partners with us. You can pop down to Knott Auto Corp at 1322 Waverly. They sell and service all makes and models. And you can find them on social media as well at Knott Auto Corp. Great to have them with us here on the afternoon ride. Yeah, great news there all around. We've got great news coming up in Sports Center as well. The trending topics, and we'll get into the hits, plus be a player as we get ready for uh, the uh, Blue and Gold Game Day coming up at 5.30. It's the Afternoon Ride. You're listening to TSN Radio 1290.